Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tip Show. Show. A show designed to assist man in his quest to succeed on Pinterest. If you have interests in the content you want to share, content you want your clients to see, learn ways to grow and succeed in this unique and exciting world, one man will assist you on your journey. To become a pinner and grow your presence online, men and women can share in the success. And here to show you how is your host, is your host Jeff C. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tips Podcast. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. Natalie Ekdahl has three kids, two businesses, and one husband. Together with her husband, Mark, she founded ScheduleMax.com, an online scheduling software in 2011, and 18 months ago, launched VizChicks.com, a community and podcast which I was honored to be a guest on recently. Natalie has built a thriving community around her podcast and website, and I'm honored that she joins me today to talk about building an online community. Now, this interview is from a live YouTube show that I did with Natalie, where our live audience asked questions during the interview. If you'd like to be a part of one of our live shows and ask your very own questions, make sure to head on over to manlypinteresttips.com and join our email community to find out how you can be a part of the live show. You can also text Manly Pinterest Tips to 33444 on your mobile device. Natalie has interviewed over 180 female entrepreneurs, from Shark Tank contestants to social media gurus, and loves to share the insights she has received from those conversations. So without further ado, let's jump right into my interview with Natalie Ekdahl. Natalie, thanks so much for being with us here today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Jeff. This is, I'm a little nervous because it's my first uh, live interview and my first video interview. Oh, you're, you're going to be great. It's really easy. It's just, you know, no problem. We'll just have a conversation. It'll be awesome. So, you know, guys, as I'm talking with Natalie today, she is she really does have a great community. So if you have any questions for her, make sure you ask them in the comment stream and we'll try to pull them up today during the show and, and get to them and, and answer your questions for you. So, Natalie, let's just start right off. Um, kind of tell us about your background and how you ended up online and eventually started doing a podcast. Okay, great. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, well, I'm so excited to be here. And so thank you so much for having me, first of all. And, and my community has really responded to your episode. They really loved uh, learning about you, learning about Pinterest and manly Pinterest tips from a dude. A yeah, last and, uh, <laughs> It was great. Uh, but for me, uh, my background, I was a uh, management consultant. And uh, before I had my daughter, who's 13, and I used to travel all around, uh, mainly around the United States, but sometimes around the world for work. And I knew when I had her that I wanted to do something different and I didn't want to be traveling and I wanted to be home more. And I did stay home with her for a few years and took little freelance projects on here and there. And, uh, and, and that's kind of how I, I started, you know, kind of my entrepreneurial journey was, uh, shifting from working for someone to, uh, being an entrepreneur. And, uh, and then I, my, my daughter's uh, dad and I, we divorced when she was in kindergarten and I, I kind of re-entered the workforce 
part-time again still as an entrepreneur doing freelance work and uh, and then I married my husband Mark who you know well uh, in uh, 2009 and a year later we decided to launch a business together and we launched schedulemax.com and we got to learn all about the online world which was so different from the work both of us had previously been doing and I started to look around for resources to help me understand how to be a better entrepreneur how to understand social media and I fell in love with podcasts Mm. and I fell in love with them so much that I wanted to have my own I really wanted to bring a voice to to women and women entrepreneurs I was hearing a lot of really awesome men doing podcasts and interviewing other men and their lives are so different from mine I'm a mom I'm trying to juggle all these things and sometimes they would have women on and they wouldn't ask them the questions I was like oh ask them this question or how is she doing that and uh, so that's why I decided to launch biz chicks and uh, and it's developed into a, a community of women and my guests they're all connecting together in an online Facebook uh, private Facebook group and uh, it's just been a load of fun and and really created a platform for me I didn't have a, a platform on my own uh, before I launched the show and so that's really created that for me the podcast has awesome that's awesome well I wanted to bring up some comments real quick my friend Mike Alton goes hey wow welcome to the HOE land Natalie so I'm saying <laughs> hi uh, and also my friend Elisa says uh, Jeff C I listened to Natalie's uh, biz checks episode with you and I was great looking forward to this conversation so you know mm-hmm. I, I tell people a lot that that was one of my the funnest interviews I've ever done with somebody it was just a lot of fun and and that's why I wanted my wife to listen to it because it was just it was just a fun show I mean you you kind of surprised me with some questions about like my background that luckily mm-hmm. that I was able to talk about about so it was just a fun show so um is there a reason you never you kind of went to podcasting was there uh i mean was it because you were listening to them and you just wanted to have your own or did you see like okay there's a big void uh and that's the main reason which which kind of was it I I think it was one, I wanted to have something for myself. You know, Mark and I are in business together and Mm -hmm. I wanted to have something that I was doing on my own. And I saw that there was potential for business, but usually I'm I'm a huge planner. If anyone listens to my show, they know like I plan everything out. But for, uh, for the podcast, I just kind of let it evolve. I wasn't sure quite where it was going. I knew that other people were making money through their podcast, uh, but I wasn't sure. I didn't have an exact plan. I just knew that it was something I wanted to do. And everything Mark and I do is about helping other entrepreneurs. So our business schedule max is an online scheduling software that helps other entrepreneurs uh, make their business more efficient. And really biz chicks is all about helping uh, female entrepreneurs uh, grow their business and and initially, to answer your question, I wasn't quite sure where it was going. I knew there was a bunch of different ways it could go. And so I just wanted to see how it would unfold. And I really wanted to create the content I wanted to hear. And that's what I feel like I've done. And I wasn't sure if how it would go, if I would be good at it or uh, if people would listen. And it's kind of scary to put, you know, as you know, to put yourself out there. If I build it, will anybody come? You know, you don't know. Like, is anyone besides my mom going to listen? And uh, and so it's been really exciting to see it uh, develop and uh, and kind of grow as it has over the last year and a half. Yeah, my mom doesn't even listen to mine. So you got me there. <laughs> um, the... Uh, I mean, that's really interesting. And, and just as a kind of a personal question is, do you, did you launch when you launched? Did you launch with uh, doing one show a week or kind of what was your schedule or, and has that evolved any? <laughs> yes, that's such a good 
question because it has completely evolved. I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, so I was a huge fan of John Lee Dumas, who has a daily show and he's done it for at least two years that I'm aware of. I think even almost three now. Mm-hmm. I think this 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 fall, it'll be three for him. And I thought, well, John's a single guy. So if he does seven days a week, I, at the time I had two kids, I'm like, I could do five days a week. I'll just take off, you know, two days. Right. And uh, and it really seemed like a great way to uh, to really be in people's ears all as often as possible. Like if they wanted to hear content, I was going to have content for them to hear. But what I found was one, it was a schedule that was really difficult to keep up with, with running another business and being a mom. And then right when, right as we were deciding to launch the podcast, we found out we were pregnant with baby Jet, our third child. And so all literally the first nine months of my podcast were the first night, were the nine months of my pregnancy. And, uh, and so as you know, I'm sure you probably go back in time and remember the beginning of a pregnancy is a very, is a time when a woman's body is like really tired. And so I was, we were like doing it. it, We kind of cut out, there's no TV in our life and almost no fun in our life for the (laughs) few months we were doing five episodes a week because also what I found out is I couldn't edit it myself. I needed, I couldn't produce all this content and edit it and do all the rest of the things involved in, in putting a podcast out there. So Mark, uh, my husband, who's really techie and is a software developer, he said, let me do the editing and uh, then you can just focus on the show. And so that was a huge, huge blessing, huge help. And, uh, and then I decided to move to three days a week. And then over time I moved to two days a week. And literally just a few months ago, I've gone to one day a week, which is a schedule I'm going to continue. And it's just one that I can really keep up with. And I love it because I can really just focus on that one episode, mm-hmm. uh, like promoting it. There's a lot we have to do as podcasters to get the word out there. And, uh, and so it's really just been, now it's a lot more fun uh, right. to do one day a week, but having started at five days a week, now doing one day a week is like, oh, it's just one day a week. That's it, so easy. It's like nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, that's interesting because, you know, a lot of people, um, when they pivot like that, they either feel like a sense of failure or, but it sounds like you, um, you went like, this is what's right. I'm not scared to change and I can do a better job if I, if I scale back. Well, there's a little more to it. I, I was about to quit each time, literally, <laughs> honestly. So it's, and I actually did a, I did a, po- a audio blog and a podcast episode on that, how I almost quit podcasting three times because mm. it's so time consuming and it's really a long-term play. You know, it takes a long time to develop a lis- listenership, develop an audience. There's so many choices out there and that people have to listen to. And so the reason I continue podcasting is for the women in my private Facebook group. Those are the women that I podcast for because I get to hear all the time how it's benefiting them. I get to see how this community has been created because uh, of the podcast. Like those ladies wouldn't be together without that. And I see them working together and helping each other and and, um, even starting to like partner together on businesses. So uh, that those scaling down. So it was a a lower time commitment for me and seeing people in my group has changed things for me. Yeah. And it's always interesting when you're on the new and noteworthy. If so, if you guys don't know, that's when you first start a podcast, you get on this like kind of group and you get all this traffic and all this people watching your show. And then when you're off, it crashes to nothing. Oh, not nothing. It just, you're hopefully keep some of the momentum going, but it is one of those things where you're like, Oh my gosh, now the real work begins of pushing your show out and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, the other question I was, since we're talking about online community today and a lot of people, you know, it's always banded about, you know, you have to get community, create an online community. How would you define an online community? 
Hmm. I think it can be in so many different ways, right? There can be paid communities, there can be free communities, there can be forums, there can be Google Plus, Google uh, communities. Uh, for me, I found that most of my listeners were on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so creating a private Facebook group was what I decided to to do to create my community. And I actually use my community as a lead magnet for my show. Right. So uh, people, when they sign up to be part of my um my my newsletter and to get you know information from me they also get a link to the private facebook group and so uh, that that also kind of limits to my listeners those are my listeners in there it's not just women who are interested in being part of the group so there's so many ways you can do it you can uh you know there's even private facebook groups where you pay to be part of the community and then you get access to the group uh but for me it's it's a free community but you do have to go through it like one more step before just Facebook because Facebook will uh, suggest groups for you. Right. And uh, unless you have a secret group, uh, anyone can see your group. So people can find my group and, uh, but unless they're part of my, um, my, my email list, basically they, they don't gain access. So and if you, they're a man, they can't be in there either. So sorry, uh, Jeff. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, um, so you kind of have it kind of gated. So it's not a, completely open Facebook group, you have kind of like an application process that you send them through. Is that how it works? It's not really an application process because uh, it's basically any woman that signs up for my email list uh, gets invited to the group automatically. And as long as they follow the rules, the community rules I've created, they are welcome to stay. So uh, I really haven't had to remove anybody from the group. I have not accepted a few people in the group if they are members of hundreds of Facebook groups. I, I believe you can be a member of 6,000 Facebook groups. Wow. And I've had like women uh, want to join my group that have like 600, they're members of like 600 groups. And so that just tells me they're doing, they're out there selling something and that's their focus. And so I don't admit them to the group. And uh, I, and people will post things like promotional things in my group, which we have a day where we have Tuesdays, we call it promote your biz Tuesday, where you're welcome to promote your business within the confines of, you know, a single post. Uh, But people that do it outside of that, I kind of let them know I delete, I delete those posts and I let them know that why I did that and how to where the the right way to do that in the group for, for the group rules. And that just keeps it a safe community because no one wants to be in a group where you're constantly being sold to. That's, that's not fun. Right. Well, that's a great idea. And I I never really thought about uh, using your email list to gain access to the group. That's genius. I may steal that. (laughs) Yeah, please do. I I stole it from uh, women in my yeah yes i will and then i can be in your group so one cool thing was jeff like for your episode so usually i invite my guests to be in my in my my group and and you know almost every one of them is in my you know joins into the group Mm -hmm. i couldn't invite you because you're a cool dude and i only i literally only interview like 10 percent of my guests or less are men and i hadn't interviewed enough you were like the first man in a year that's how awesome you are i was like i okay here's the guy here's the guy i've been waiting for well it it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun Uh, but i was able to ask my community to i'm like jeff can't be in here so can we give him some extra social love today and they responded and i think you saw like extra tweeting and some social love for you that i was able to ask my my ladies to do for you and see that's what's so cool about a community is that you can ask them and because you have given them so much it's not like you're you're being spammy they want to help you because you've given them content and you've given them help you know like for you and their business when they're starting out and stuff and so i think that's that's a really good point to make is that 
you don't create a community to, I mean, yes, we all want to make money, but you're not creating a community to sell to. You're creating a community to build community and then you can, you know, you build up trust that you can sell them or you can, can tell them, ask them to do something when it's the time is right. Exactly. Very cool. Um, what are some tips, um, you know, and you have done it, you, you built your community from scratch. Do you have, did you have like a certain, a number of followers that you thought I had to have before I started building this community or, or how do you do it from, you know, from, from zero? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I wish I would have started it sooner. So I launched my podcast uh, the very end, last day of January in 2014. And I launched the Facebook group in November of that same year. So it took me 11 months to launch it. I wish I had launched it after a few months. Hmm. Uh, so, and if I had a platform already for anyone that has like, a, if they're a blogger and they had a following or if you have a following in any other way, I would launch it immediately if it's something that you want to have. I guess the first thing I should say is that uh, managing a, a group takes time. And so you need to make sure you have that time to put into it because if you're not going to be in there kind of, I, I don't want to say the word policing, but protecting the members that are in there for legitimate reasons, then, uh, you know, you have to create a culture. Your crew, when you, any group has its own culture. And so I have created the culture in my group. And, uh, and so that takes some time. So my tips are to start sooner than you feel ready. And again, it's like starting a podcast. Who is anyone going to come and I literally was like sick to my stomach like what if no one what if I create this group and no one joins it how will I feel about myself and I just had to get over myself and be like well if no one's in it then I'll I'll close it down and that tells me something but mm -hmm. I got a really quick response I, and I did I asked a few friends I you know I was like hey I'm creating this group will some of you guys come hang out in here so <laughs> that's what I would do too like ask some of your online buddies that you can ask those kinds of things too and there's uh, fellow podcasters in there I actually what I've know, what I've learned from this is I have a lot of female podcasters that listen to my show, mm -hmm. and so I have there's other female podcasters in my group too, which has been kind of fun. So I've really gotten to see uh, the demographics of my group as well. But I think creating, deciding what the guidelines are for your group, deciding what culture you want to have, and and being willing to enforce it. You know, I, you I've been in groups where they say no selling, but you see people selling, and right. so you have to be willing to you know make some people mad and right. delete their posts and that you're doing that to protect the rest of the group. Now, how much time do you spend on like managing your group? Uh, is it, do you go in there? Are you dipping in there once a day? Uh, do you, is it like taking all these hours out of your week that you're putting in there as it grows? Uh, how, how much time are you spending? I, I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm in there multiple times a day on the weekends. Sometimes I may or may not be in, but I usually create a conversation starter mm -hmm. uh, every day. Okay. And at, at first I was making them the same, like every Monday I would suggest this to start conversation. And then it, people, we, we all got bored with that. So now I try to find really fun things and, and my most popular post, which I'll share with everybody. If you have a group, I highly recommend you do this because it really builds community is where, where, are you? Where in the world are you? And I, I'll post like a graphic of the world and people love saying where they're from. And it's easy. It's a fast way to respond. And then people start finding friends. They're like, oh my gosh, I live the next town over. Or I didn't know you were in Australia too. And in this group and cool, like we're both Aussies. And uh, so, you know, those get the most response of any other post I do. And so that's kind of one of my, my best tips. Uh, but I am in there, I would say at least three times a day. And especially if someone tags me, I want to see, you know, if they need a 
to me to answer a question. But another thing that I've done, which I think has been helpful for the community is when someone asks a question, even if I have an immediate answer, sometimes I'll hold back and let, let the community respond, like let the community help each other. Right. And, and at first I felt like, oh, I need to respond to every person's question and give my input. And I decided, you know, after observing that I really want this is, I'm creating this for people, a community, you know, it's not just like Natalie's group. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the biz chicks community group. And so I want people to feel that they play a big role and they can help each other and they can ask questions. And so sometimes on days when like my life's really hectic and I don't start a question, someone else will start a conversation in the group. And I'm like, yes, like the first time that happened, I'm like, at first I was like, Hey, and then I thought, this is what I want. Like, this is what's happening. Like people are starting conversation. I don't have to be present for the community to to be happening do you uh, have like moderators or super users that you've appointed kind of maybe even unofficially to help manage that or are you waiting to so that's kind of your next step when it grows that literally is my next step and uh, any ladies that are listening now that are interested that are in the group that want to are interested in helping to uh, moderate the community I am completely open to that. And it's funny you ask that because it's literally something I'm, go- I'm planning to do this summer because I would like to be able to take some time off and offline and have the group still be uh, mm-hmm. going and going strongly and within the community guidelines. Very cool. Very cool. Now you mentioned, you know, that those people you saw that were trying to join who had like 600 groups, they're already fo- following and stuff like that. So how do you handle difficult m- members? Because, you know, there's always that one guy or girl that you just that's driving everybody nuts and they may not even know it, but they are. So how do you handle those difficult people that show up in your group? Yeah, I, thankfully, the people that I am attracting do not tend to be like that. I, so I don't know. I, I, we haven't gotten to that, that level yet. So, uh, I think the group is kind of, uh, policing itself and, uh, there hasn't been, and it may also be kind of women instead of no, no offense to men, not, not that there aren't difficult women, cause there are difficult women and there are mean girls out there, but the, the way the community has developed and the culture of the community has been very more of helping. And, you know, occasionally I will post something that, um, you know, like, it's it's a question it's not about promoting your business but like hey what are you working on this week and someone will respond and it's very promotional like i'm working on launching my next right. you know whatever and i'm so excited for it to be done and launched on friday you know july 29th you know or whatever it is and here's the link to buy yeah yeah and so what happens is in a way because facebook allows you to tell people if you like things or not that person gets zero likes and you'll see everything else is being liked so i in some ways it's self police and if someone was to do that week after week they would get a personal message from me and then over time they get booted from the group but uh, thankfully it's you know I think people are wanting even people that do that want to get feedback back and I think they're kind of seeing they're not getting that so that I guess that's a benefit from Facebook is you they're kind of helping me police when I don't even really realize it gotcha so you know you mentioned you had um, the opt-in for your podcast to join the group um and, and it sounds like it's really increased your audience. So is, how do, how do people find out about the Biz Chicks community? Is it they see the group on Facebook, then they go to the podcast, or is it the podcast, then they want to join the group on Facebook? How does that kind of work? 
Mm, good question. Well, one of the things we know as podcasters is it's really difficult to get people to take any action from a podcast because we are all uh, we are all doing something else while we're listening to a podcast. And even people that are watching us right now, they might have a, like three other screens open. And so, uh, so it's really hard, especially with the audio podcast, to get people to do anything. And one of the things I learned from one of my guests who was a, a brain researcher, and she talked about what motivates all of us to do anything, is that that one of the like seven main things that motivate us as humans to do take any action or do anything or make any changes is the desire to to be part of a community and to be connected with others and so using the word join anywhere on your site um, instead of like you could say like uh, so for I actually asked her for schedule max we say start a free trial and she said well that doesn't really tap into any of those motivators it could be like join the scheduling revolution you know oh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> something like that um, and so when I decided to create the the Facebook community um, I, I use the word I have a button that says join the Facebook the the biz chicks community and that's a button on my site and I mention it not in every episode but in almost every episode at the end or at the beginning I will say you know here's what's going on in the group sometimes I'll read um, a post that's going on and I'll say you know it's a really safe place to join and uh, and sometimes I'll have people that um <laughs> sometimes I'll have people that uh, that will like email me even or, or private message me and say well I'm not very long I'm not an entrepreneur yet can I be in the group so uh, now then I learned I have to say it's for any woman interested in entrepreneurship or becoming an entrepreneur we have women in every stage and we'd love for you to be part of this amazing community and so I, I, I talk about what it's like to be in there and that seems to uh, seems to be seems to be working yeah, that's that's awesome. And in fact, my friend Elisa told me that not to say sign up or anything like that on the website. So that's why even on my podcast, I say, you know, come be a part of our email community so you'll never miss a guest. And so, yeah, yeah it's really important. It's, it's amazing how just like those one little words, those, you know, just changing, tweaking things a tiny bit can make such a huge difference. Gotcha. Now, do you, uh, I mean, you have a huge following also on Pinterest. I mean, it's you know, I went over and looked at your account and there's a lot of people there. Um, so do you pr cross promote a lot of your community on other social networks like Pinterest? Um, do you, you know, I know you use Facebook for your groups, but do you also, you know, tweet out and come join my group or maybe post a pin about your, your podcast on, uh, on your our Pinterest board or how do, how do you kind of cross promote across? Yeah, we, we post, we publicize every, every episode on Pinterest. We also, every, every uh, guest that, is on our show gives us a uh, a book recommendation, which we don't share on the show anymore because my listeners told me they were bored with that, so I stopped that. But I like getting the recommendations, and so they're all on a Pinterest board that people can learn about, and so I'll mention that on the show. Uh, I haven't used Pinterest to promote my community because for now, I'm, I'm not really interested in the, my uh, private Facebook group being um, huge. I'm interested in it having my listeners that it's they're really, you know, those those people that really dig what I'm doing. Mm. And so I, I like keeping it smaller. I have other female podcaster friends that have huge groups. And they you know, anyone that finds it can can join it. And that works for them. Uh, but for me, I kind of like it being like a small, it's a small town right now. And right. I like it being a small town. And so I, I'm not promoting it on Facebook. If my strategy changes that could I mean, on, on Pinterest. Uh, so I don't promote the group there, but I definitely promote the podcast and my guests and try to connect with my guests on Pinterest and listeners on Pinterest as well. 
Gotcha. Now, you know, there's there's some debate because I've been kind of researching some of this community stuff. Um, you know, some people say don't build it on somebody else's platform like Facebook. Um, you want to build it on your own website. You know, I've always thought Facebook groups are so easy. And then plus everybody is there already. Uh, it makes sense to me to do that. But is there did you ever struggle with that? Why, I mean, why did you go with Facebook's other than, you know, building it? I know Mark can make one on your own site. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. You know, I try to always look at my own behavior. I, even when I've been um, part of paid courses, if they had a forum or something uh, on their site, I'm less likely to go there if I have to go there and log in and find people and forums. Even the one, the latest technology still is kind of clunky in my opinion. It doesn't match what, what Facebook is doing and how easy it is to interact with people. Right. And I actually do have... Uh, everybody's contact information because of the way I'm running it. Uh, to be part of my group, you have to kind of go through my website first. Gotcha. So um, occasionally I'll let people into the group if I see they have a lot of uh, connections in the group. So sometimes I'll see someone try to join the group, but they know like four or seven people in the group. And I'm like, well, I'm going to, you know, let them in. I'm not going to send them a note that says you have to go through my list. Right. So, you know, not a hundred percent of people in my group. I do, I have their email, but a majority of them I do. So that's how I've kind of gotten around that 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 idea or that thought that strategy. Gotcha. Now I know I know you're in some masterminds, and I'm actually for those who are watching, I'm actually in a mastermind with your husband Mark, which yes. is great because I've never really done a master. I mean, I did a BNI group and some networking groups before, but I've never been in a mastermind or masterminds because I'm in another one as well uh, mm -hmm. until this year. So. I know you're in a lot of masterminds too. Can you explain to people who maybe have not heard of what a mastermind is, what, what they are, if they're unfamiliar with the term? Yeah, a mastermind is a group of, and is any size group, it can start, it can be two people. You and I could have a mastermind right now, right, Jeff? We could be in right. a, a mastermind. And what you, what you agree to is some parameters for meeting together. And uh, so I'm currently in a, a group similar to the one you're in with my husband, Mark. Uh, it's, it's four women and we meet weekly. We meet via a, a Google Hangout like this, but it's private. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we also have a private Facebook group just for that mastermind mind. Uh, I think you guys use Slack right, as right. another technology for your communication, but we're, we're doing everything on Facebook. And, uh, and so a, a mastermind is a way to be with like-minded people that can help you move forward in your goals and you're supporting each other and, and driving each other forward. And so, uh, you know, the, I, I also have had a paid mastermind for my group and I'm, and I'm launching actually a new one next week, which is all about social media. It's just for six weeks and it's for people that want to uh, really understand social media and it's going to be a small group of women and we're going to mastermind together each week about a different platform and it's only, it's a short term one. It's only going to last six weeks. So also a nice thing about a mastermind is to have a, a start to start date and an end date in mind because yes. uh, some groups are better to be together for a short time and other groups may last years and years. Right. And so you have some rules around um, how you meet. Uh, what we're doing in my group with just four of us is once a month, we're in the hot seat and uh, we have to present a business problem that we're having to the group. And then we get feedback from the group. And it's been amazing. One of the, one of the things that I recommend for masterminds is to find diversity because when you study teams, uh, what you find is the more diverse the team is, the more 
uh, amazing the ideas that come out of it. So uh, in my group, we have a historian. She actually has a PhD in history. Oh, wow. We have a neurologist who's no longer a neurologist, but she uh, she now is uh, focusing on, on business and speaking and using her medical degree in that way. And then we have a former teacher who's now a children's book author, and she does speaking engagements, speaking to kids. And so we're really coming, and then I have, you know, my business background. And one other person in the group is a podcaster, but the other two aren't. So in common, we're all trying to move our online businesses forward. And um, all of us have an interest in speaking. And uh, it's really fascinating some of the ideas that are coming out of that group. And I'm really enjoying the diversity of it. So that's one of my suggestions when you're, if you're forming a group of your own. Yeah. The, and just to add on to that is the mastermind. I'm in a podcasting mastermind with your husband and a bunch of other people, uh, four, three more. And um, it's been great because like I'm speaking at podcast movement and when it was my turn on the hot seat, I was like, okay, this is my topic. What do you want to know for a podcaster? This is what I'm thinking. Is it good? And they're like, okay, that's really great. I wouldn't talk about this. Why don't you give some tools? I mean, so it was just a, it, it really helps you, um, get some great advice from people who are, you know, who are ahead of you. And also you can help people who are maybe not are, are just starting out. So it's just, yeah. it's an awesome thing. So, but you have to pick the right mastermind. You don't want to go into just any old one. You want to really think about it, make sure that you're compatible with everybody and that your goals are the same. And so, uh, but it's, it, yes, it's been really awesome. And Mark's been awesome in that as well. Um, so you mentioned paid masterminds. Mm-hmm. Um, and do those just usually last for a short amount of time or do, are there paid masterminds that go on forever? Cause I've, I've never been a, well, I guess uh, like podcasters paradise is actually, you could almost classify that as a paid mastermind with a bunch of people, uh, <laughs> okay. but uh, thousands of your thousands closest of friends, <laughs> but um, do those usually last for a short term? I mean, uh, and cause what I'm wanting to know is, you know, I know a lot of small businesses are thinking about this and think it's a good idea. Um, but when is it time to monetize and how long should it last? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I tried out this concept at the beginning of the year of a paid mastermind and uh, made it for 12 weeks and that we would continue um, if we wanted to keep keep continuing, we would continue. And so two things I learned uh, during that process is one. Uh, I needed to be in a mastermind for myself, if that makes sense. So like getting fed and and having a place to uh, have people talk to me. So in in the group where people were paying to be part of a a mastermind with me, I didn't want to go to them. I didn't want to take up airtime with my problems and my issues. I wanted to be all about them. They were paying to be in it. And so if you are to to create a paid mastermind for your business or your community, I highly recommend that you're in another mastermind that either you're not leading or a diff separate from that group. So you kind of need both is what I feel like. Right. And, uh, but in that group, another thing I learned was, which you kind of touched on a, a second ago is it's great to have people at different levels, but you don't want them to be too far apart. So we had some people in that group that had very mature businesses and, and, one or two other people that were like thinking of starting businesses. So they were too far apart. And some teaching I've heard on this recently is to uh, not have people in the group that are more than plus or minus two levels in your business, however you want to define that. So, um, 
So that I think is a really helpful parameter. And really the great thing is what I say about podcasting. There's no rules in podcasting. There's no rules in masterminds. You could do whatever you want, try it out. And what works for one niche and one community may not work for another. Uh, so I did the 12 week mastermind um, first. And then I, I've taken a little break from that. I've been doing a lot of private coaching for, um, you know, mainly podcast coaching lately, which has been super fun. Right. And then I'm starting this uh, short social media uh, mastermind to go along with the summer I'm doing, I'm calling it social media summer camp, which is what you were part of. Right. And it's all my episodes are related to social media and kind of, I find like in, in the summer, it's easy to, we're recording this in the summer. It's easy to kind of sit back and let your business just kind of coast. And I thought, well, this is a great time to focus on each of the social media platforms for, for all of us and all my biz chicks listeners. And, uh, and then in the fall, I'm going to launch another mastermind that I'm going to take. It'll be more of like a, a three or four month mastermind to take us through the next year. So I haven't tried like a year long one, but that would be like the next level I would try. Do you, um, do you uh, limit the amount of people you have in those paid masterminds or you just like open it up and whoever decides to join joins? Yeah, I think it, you got to think about it. Are you doing a mastermind or are you doing group coaching? Because I think if you do group coaching, it can be a little bigger. I was I, I partnered with two other female podcasters, Elsie uh, Escobar and Jessica Kupferman, who have She Podcasts. And we did a group coaching uh, for new podcasters and podcasters that had recently launched. And that was um, that group was a 10 week group. And, and it, it was almost there. We had 17 people in that plus the three of us. So there were 20 total and it didn't have the feel of a mastermind. It had the feel of a group coaching or of a class. Whereas for masterminding, I really want to get those people in the hot seat. And so for me, having more than um, 10 people would be too many. And even I think the sweet spot is probably somewhere between six and eight uh, okay. to really make sure people are getting heard and getting their business uh, talked about and spoken into. Gotcha. Well, um, do you have any advice for, do you wish you would have started a paid ma mastermind earlier or do you wish you would have waited longer and learned more? I mean, you mentioned making sure you're in one for yourself so you can kind of give everything to the people who are paying for it. Um, should you wait? I mean, I, I have so many followers before you start. What, what's kind of your advice on that? I think uh, depending on, you know, what your business is and when do you have a following? Do you have people interacting with you, people starting to ask for your help and advice? Once you have that, you know that you're you're tapping into something and that was happening to me. And mm. I always say start sooner, start before you're ready. Whatever right. it is you're doing, if you if you think you should start, but you're like, oh, but I'm not ready, start today. Do it and go for it and just try it. And here's my mom's best life advice. Uh, you, can, you can always ask people something and they can always say no. So you can always launch something and no one shows up. You learn something that tells you something and you don't have to take it personal. It just tells you that you weren't quite where you thought you were and there's some things you need to build before you get there. Gotcha. Good stuff. Oh, and here's Dustin popped in and said, hey, yeah, you know, I've tried to get several masterminds together and always seem to fizzle out. Really need to find the right people, I guess. And I think that's true. And, and if you're in a mastermind too, that I think that you think it's not worth it working for you, it's okay to leave. I mean, it really is. I mean, if you paid for one, you're out some money probably. But if you, if you're, if you're not finding it's, it's worth your time, then leave. I mean, just, there's nothing wrong with that. So 
Definitely a great, great question, Dustin. And I think that happens all the time. And I think having some rules around your, uh, your time of masterminding together and what happens if, uh, if someone stops showing up, like when does someone get booted from the group? And Mm -hmm. I think being, it's like having boundaries with people and having boundaries with your mastermind. You only want people in there that are going to make it feel, be there. That's as important as it is for you to be there. And so it is finding those right people and having some rules around it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now here's a question I I thought when I was looking through all of you, I mean, you've interviewed some great guests on your show. I mean, really some really cool ones. So you've interviewed dozens of these female entrepreneurs uh, during your biz chicks podcast. Now, is there a common element you've seen throughout these interviews? Like, you know, maybe struggles that uh, female entrepreneurs have or or a trait they share that really seems to give them success. What, when you look at through all those you've done, what, what do you see that sticks out to you? What amazes me is how creative women are. And and I think men are creative too, but I primarily focus on women. So that's how I'll answer from that perspective. I see women having businesses while they're doing so many other things and, and they're doing them from their home. That's what surprised me. I think most about all these interviews is how many people are running businesses from their home mm-hmm. and ju- and how much they're getting done, like at nap time and <laughs> after the kids go to bed and uh, it's just incredible. So that has been like one of the things that surprised me and fascinated me. And so I think that uh, women, especially women that have children at home, their time management skills and uh, being able to be laser focused on their business when they need to be uh, has, has what, one of the things that I've taken away from this. Gotcha. Well, I was going to ask this question. I, I actually skipped over it, but well, how do I know you have young kids at home and you have, I think you have a daughter who is my, my daughter's age, kind of mm-hmm. in junior high, getting ready to yeah. go to high school. Yeah. Um, how do you balance work and family? What's, what's your best advice for that? Yeah, it's really hard. Uh, my best advice is to get as much help as you can and outsource what what you can. You know, we hear in business people talking about outsourcing, you know, things, business tasks. But as a woman, you need to outsource some of your uh, your tasks at home. So I'm really thankful. I have a I have a nanny three days a week because I have I have my daughter who's 13 and then I have two sons, one who's three and a half and a baby that's 10 months. So the reason we're having this conversation in the middle of the day right now is because my nanny has my kids at the park. My, my little ones and uh, and my my older daughter she's actually at a musical theater camp for the next six weeks of her own choosing she loves it it's at the performing arts high school in our area and uh, and so everybody has something they're doing and so that's how I'm able to get work done but my nanny does more than just helping with my kids when they're napping she's doing household tasks for me and yeah. in the past before I had my little ones I had a uh, like a college helper who would help me like even go grocery shopping run errands uh, and help drive my daughter to different things during the day and uh, and so it's amazing I just feel like the more that we can outsource from business and home as, as a woman um, we have you know a set amount of time right so so whatever I can outsource uh, of any tasks that I would have to do, whether it's work or home, that gives me more time for my family or more time for my business. Gotcha. Well, my wife actually outsources all the cooking to me. And so yes. uh, she, would love really that. Like to, she would really like to outsource the laundry, but I, we're, we've got to write up a new contract. Um, <laughs> so what do you, um, I ask this question to everybody uh, who's on the show, what advice for guys, because this is the Manly Pinterest Tip Show, would you give for guys who start using Pinterest? 
I thought this was such a great question, uh, Jeff, and I've heard you ask it other people. And I'm actually going to give the answer. It's an answer you gave me on my show. I don't even know if you, I don't even know if you like thought of it this way, but one interesting way you use Pinterest is to connect with your kids. I think you share a board with your daughter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I, was it, was it projects she wants to do or was it recipes you want to make together? I can't remember what it's, it's a board called for Abby and it's a private board. And so I'll pin crafts that I think she might want to do and uh, recipes. She likes to cook and, and, and she likes to decorate cakes and stuff. And then she'll pin stuff for me that she wants to do. And so it's kind of our own little secret thing. So, yeah. I thought that you, for men that aren't on Pinterest at all yet and are like, it's a, it's a place for the women. It's a place you can connect with the women in your life because almost every woman I know and even young girls, they're on Pinterest. And so if you want to be involved in what they're thinking about and dreaming about and, uh, you know, Pinterest is, is a place where you like plan your future and you think of things you might want to do. And so as a, as a husband or boyfriend or dad or brother, if you can see what the women in your life are thinking about and dreaming about wow what that you can use that in your relationship and I think having a board with like your wife you could be like let's plan let's dream about this next vacation that we could go on or our anniversary next year or like you're doing with your daughter I think to use it as a source of connecting with the women in your life would be very powerful and you can also stock what your wife is pinning and find out what's a good gift to get her exactly like, yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> so Natalie, this is awesome. We could talk all day, I know, because, I mean, I just you've built a great community, and I see what you're doing with your podcast, and I, it's really something I, I'm trying to emulate with mine. But where can we find out about you and your services? What's the best way to connect with you? Wow, Jeff. Well, thank you so much. Uh, bizchicks.com is the great you know, place to find me, B-I-Z-C-H-I-X.com. And I'm actually going to um, create a page just for your audience, which I haven't done yet, but it'll be ready in a few hours. Okay. Uh, bizchicks.com slash Jeff. <laughs> and I'll put some of my mastermind tips there. If you're interested, I have a PDF on how to pitch a podcaster. I know a lot of people listening might want to be on a podcast. And so I created a resource for that. I'll put there, there that there so people can find it. And I'll put your episode so people can hear, find out where Jeff grew up and uh, you <laughs> may not know but he is a pastor's son so we find right. out a little bit about that on when he's on my show that's right that's right well thanks so much and i want to tell you guys before we uh, get done uh, there is a special going on and i've talked about this on my podcast a lot it's a plugin that i use uh it's called social warfare it's awesome it lets you pin you tell people what pin to actually pin when they come to your site uh it's just great but they're having a sale uh, i got an email yesterday from my friend dustin and they're having a sale it's 33 percent off during the fourth of july weekend if you've ever been thinking about this plugin yeah. you need to go get it now while it's on sale it's for a whole year, 33% off. The link is there with the photo I put on the event page. Um, I'll also be tweeting it out and doing some other stuff later. So make sure you don't miss that awesome sale on the plugin. And as always, think, I'd love for you guys to go to mainlypinterestships.com, click on the sidebar and subscribe, not subscribe. We talked about that. We want you to be a part of our email community where you'll never miss a great guest like we had with Natalie today because at Manly Pinterest Tips, we're always adding testosterone one pin at a time. See you next time, everyone. Thanks for watching. Bye now. Thank you for joining Jeff on his mission to help you be successful in the Pinterest world. Would you like to take part in a live show? Be sure to join Jeff's email community at manlypinteresttips.com. Adding testosterone. One pin at a time.